Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Yen Shippel. And that is Steve Jones. And Yen's, I mean, amid the world ending, we still are bringing a, a new podcast. Uh, we are going to bring it, even if we're the last two people alive on this planet, Steve. That's how dedicated we are. Yes, and we may or may not be tomorrow uh, by the time this posts. But uh, <laughs> uh, but for now, you we You never know what's going to happen, right? You never know what's going to happen. Maybe this is going to blow up. Or I didn't want to say blow up. Maybe this is just going to um, uh, um, just, you know, just disappear. Blow over is what you meant? Yeah. And uh-huh. yeah. We're going to be like, well, why was everybody blowing up about this? You know, it was no big deal. Everybody can go calm down and be normal again. But the opposite might happen. I mean, zombie fucking apocalypse. We're, we're in it, man. We're in it. And we're in it. Yeah. And so we, uh, we do have an artist, though. Uh, and... This show did happen. It was right at, kind of uh, toward the beginning of the week when shit was just starting to hit the fan, but shows were still able to go on. Um, yes. Had we known, had we known, Steve, mm-hmm. that this shit was going to hit the fan this year, I mean, is there mm-hmm. any way we could have just uh, gotten more, you know, interviews in? Uh-huh. Before, you know, everybody started quarantining themselves. When, when you say we, you mean you wanted to show up to more interviews or? I mean, I mean, like you doing interviews and we talking oh. about those interviews and maybe me actually going to one. But point is getting more episodes out there uh-huh. before so, the global catastrophe. So one a week is not enough is what you're saying, because I feel like I'm, we've been pretty good on one a week for a while. I think no, no, I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm saying we're busting them out. We're doing a great job. But it's very possible that we're not going to have any for the next six months. Right. Right. So I'm just wondering if we could if we knew what was going to happen now would there be a way to get more content in there uh for us to keep on potting right you know what i think the answer is once this ends we just have to do a pod every day just to you know to in case just in case we don't and we don't need to release them we'll just you know uh, bank a ton of uh interviews and record a ton of shows and they'll be in the vault and then what next time this happens we'll be we'll be all set won't we that would be fantastic i am all over that yes yes uh so anyway anyway enough like blabbering uh, blabbering about who do we got on the show today we have an artist named blanks and this is a different type of interview than i would usually do but it was interesting and i like bringing interesting artists into the uh the pod artists i hadn't heard about before but i'm apparently in the minority of people who haven't heard of uh, Blanks, you know, up until this point, he's got over a million YouTube subscribers. So he's one of these U- YouTubers. And That's huge. One million YouTube subscribers. I mean, I can't even imagine. I know. Having like, I don't, I mean, number one for myself, I can't imagine having my own channel about anything that is interesting enough for anybody to actually want to subscribe to. <laughs> so maybe my parents, but they don't know how to use YouTube. They're like in their eighties. So, Amazing. So share just really briefly, where's this guy from? What's his talent? So he's from the Netherlands. uh, And so he... His talent is pretty cool because he can uh, make a song in like an hour. And he doesn't... I mean, sometimes he'll do it himself, but other times he'll bring others into it, like his Instagram followers to, and they will contribute pieces, like uh, talk, they'll uh, suggest the uh, the tempo, the instrument he uses to start with, uh, the, you know, the theme, lines, that sort of thing. And so he uh, just did his 
uh, first U.S. tour. I don't know if he got all the way through it or not, but um, he was playing at Slim's in San Francisco, and um, and so uh, at those shows, he uh, before the show, he uh, people can sign up for kind of a VIP experience and make uh, a song with him. Nice. In an hour. I mean, that, right? That's insane. Uh, okay, I know nothing about this guy. I have to say that I'm ignorant. But from what you just described, I mean, that is raw talent. How many people do we know that can bring that kind of creativity on the fly just like that? No. I mean, that's like improv, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, he's he's good. I mean, the songs are poppy and catchy too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's great to see it kind of, him kind of work it out. And then the end product at the end of his uh, uh, video. So uh, it's, yeah. it's a, it was a pretty cool thing. So. Um, we were back and forth as to whether we'd be able to get the do the interview in person. Um, the scheduling ended up not working great for me, so we set it up as a phone interview. And um, and what's what's funny about this is like uh, I didn't think it was going to happen because uh, there was some back and forth with the manager and uh, and I just uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. Let's just say that, right? And right, right. Uh, and so um, I had committed to uh, to picking. Our, um, our buddy Joe's son up and uh, watching him uh, for a little bit in the afternoon uh, from uh, from Joe's parents, right? Uh, and then, like, th- that, the same minute I was, like, texting back and jo- forth with Joe and kind of committed to it, uh, like, I got an email from the manager saying, okay, how about 3 to 3.30 on, you know, on, on Monday? And I'm like... Okay, well, I can do this and still fit in getting uh, Joe's son. And then, um, you know, and my son, which I have to pick up every day from school. And I was like, I can make this work, right? And so the interview was set for 3, three o'clock. And uh, and then um, uh, Joe's son was going to get to my house at 3.30. So I'm like, okay, that'll be fine. We'll have enough time. And then the I didn't get the call uh, until like 3.07. And then so it was... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Down to the wire. I, I know, I know. And so I'm watching the clock and I'm trying to maneuver it all and everything. But it, long story short, I made it happen. And, uh, uh, and good, I was good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one thing. I, one of the things I love about you, Steve, is that when you've got an agenda, you do everything you can to make that freaking happen. I, I fit a lot into a little time and I com- sometimes overcommit to things. I, I will, yeah, that's true, that's true. But you know what? I just want to. My advice doesn't always, you know, make sense, and sometimes I don't look at the whole picture. But I just want you to know that Steve, sometimes you can you can delegate stuff, right? You just said your son, you got to pick him up from work. Dude, just I, I, get, I pick my son up from work. It's, it, it, from from school, you got you're at work, right? And you whatever, yes. you got to pick up your son from school. I do. You know what? Just go to the DMV, get him a driver's license, man. You know he can he can uh, step up and do one for the team. I don't. You know, I don't care if he isn't 15 or 16 or whatever. Uh, you know, he's I got like, skills, that little kid. I like the way you think. You're you're a forward yeah. thinker, Jens, and yeah. I've always said that you about know, you. You know, you got to think out of the box. It's hard times now. You know, I'm I'm sure the police aren't going to really be too strict about some laws. Uh, your little your little boy might not be able to see over the over the uh, dashboard, but you know what? Just get him like a little kid seat or some pillows or something. He can do it. He's got this. He's got this, right? He's got this. Yeah. Oh my God, he's going to be a natural. I like the way you think. That is great. Yeah, uh, out of the box thinking. That's me. Yeah. So. Um, so, so anyway, Steve, I am. I am so. I, I don't want to spoil the interview or anything. So let me know if uh, I'm asking you a question that you don't want to answer, um, because it's going to be you know encroaching on the interview thing. But I really want. One of my goals in life, dude, is to get you out of the country. So. 
this guy who's on the show okay. is from the Netherlands. Yes. Does he live here now, or is he no. touring and going back to the Netherlands, or what? He's touring and going back. Assuming he's, I mean, imagine he was able to get back. But <laughs> yes, he okay. uh, he had so this when tour. He goes, when he has his next show in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. we're going, dude. I don't know that uh, I would travel to the Netherlands for a concert, but uh, you know, you I, would. The Netherlands is fucking awesome. Okay, well. That is We've, one awesome country. We talked about in a previous pod that I, you know, I committed to you that if there's a great show where, I mean, I'm telling you a number of artists that, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to see them, that, you know, I'll be open to the idea of going. And, by the way, um, I, I bought a passport a couple weeks ago, so in the next couple weeks I should have a passport. Um, Good for you. And I think you told me you were getting your kids' passports, too. That will take a little bit more work, uh, but yes, it needs it needs to happen. Because um, the ex-wife is involved or something. Yeah, and so apparently the the government doesn't you know think too kindly about uh, people taking kids out of the country without the other uh, parent knowing about Parents it. Parents consent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, in all fairness, you don't have any bad intentions here, but it makes sense. They, they guess, don't know me. They don't know me yet. They, they don't know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can get to know me a little bit, and then like know that I'm, you know, got good intentions here, right? No, I'll bring them back. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I'm super excited. We got this guy in the show, um, partially because of his talent, partially because he's from the Netherlands. I've been there a couple times. Love that fucking country. What do you like about the Netherlands? I like that it is. Oh God, I don't even know where to start. Okay, it's it's a progressive country, okay. right? It's 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 uh, so you you've got these awesome people, right? The people are really friendly. The food is great. Um, it's uh, it's a really flat country. That's that's nether like nether lens it's under nether, the, it's nether it's, is it it's, it's nether it's <laughs> in the nether regions it's below the okay. it's below the uh it's below sea level and the, which makes it really crazy right so you've got these big dams everywhere and everything is super 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 flat and um they made the country bigger than it used to be um because of these dams that they were building out into different places like into the ocean and stuff like that um and uh the the history is just nuts the history is nuts they have such a uh, a um a rich uh history if you go way back um like the tulips like the fucking tulips that used to be currency dude tulips flowers or currency? currency how did that how does that work uh, I don't know. It's like the, the 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 people that can grow these these um, these specific tulips, where I think we're the wealthiest, uh, because you know people were, were paying top dollar uh, for these things. Or not? Well, it wasn't a dollar back then, but top, top the tulip, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, um, top gold pieces. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and they were yeah they were. I don't know. Uh, my history isn't the greatest, but they were. Uh, so today, I mean, they're a progressive place. Uh, they they have, they have bicycle lanes everywhere. They've got like these bicycle freeways. That, that people bicycle back and forth and you and it's a flat country so you don't need like these crazy 21 speed bikes or whatever um lots of electric cars uh charging stations uh dude the women are hot that's yeah. like one of the hottest places maybe next to the ukraine for like beautiful women nice nice what yeah. brought you out back over here then <laughs> yeah. anyway anyway uh <laughs> we'll get you over there somehow yeah, but you you liked it. Did you go to any concerts while you were there, or did you see anything like? Did, was it, um, is, I've been to concerts in Europe before, but um, I've never been to one in the Netherlands. No. Mm-mm. Okay, and what was it that, that brought you to the Netherlands? How long were you there? Mm, 
FC. Last time I went, it was... I think it just happened to be because uh, the uh, we got a great deal on the airline that actually flies to the Netherlands. Um, and then uh, we, being my wife and I, and then we um, spent a couple days there, uh, tootled around. Uh, Van Gogh, you know, is, is from is from that country, and I love his art. Um, they have a museum so with a lot of his art or something? like. A... Yeah, there's a little museum, you know, uh, that's got his stuff in it. And and they've got this beautiful park uh, there in the canals. It's one of the cities that has, you know, a crazy amount of canals, kind of like uh, Venice or Hamburg. And um, and it's just, it, it brings, it gives these cities, like, there's so much character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you go I mean, in a gondola? Cool be to have a house It's right along a little waterway yeah did you go okay i can i can ride my bike to work or i can just like canoe did you go in a gondola you would yeah it's like a gondola imagine you having your own little gondola Uh and you're like oh i'm gonna gondola to work yeah yeah that sounds like fun (laughs) yeah it's It's, uh yeah it's unlike most other cities and i think that's uh, one of the reasons it's so fun it's got so much character and you enjoy the food there the food's great yeah the food's really good especially if you like cheese and fish Cheese and fish. There it is. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, uh, well, we can go ahead and bring uh, Blanks in and uh, have a chat with him uh, about his uh, his tour that he's got going on, his music, that sort of thing. So um, let's uh, do that, and then we'll talk a little bit more afterwards. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Here's the interview with Blanks. Hey, Steve. Simon here. Hey, Simon. How you doing? Doing well. We're just uh, just uh, building the stage for tonight, so I'm really excited about the show and kind of nervous. <laughs> yeah, this is the first show on the tour, right? Yeah, the first show of the tour, and, and actually the first like headline show, headline show in America. So it's really exciting, big oh. night. Yeah. So t- tell me a little bit about what you have planned for these shows. Uh, well, we have an hour and fifteen minutes of original Blanks music. Uh, I play like two or three covers, you know, the, I do these covers online and, uh, uh, for example, like I, I make a, a modern song sound like an 80s song. So we're doing a few of those, but mostly original music, a lot of it, which, uh, which isn't out yet, but very danceable. So I just, yeah, I want to give the people like a very fun night, have, dance, sing along, you know, I want them to leave feeling good about themselves. Yeah, well, you're playing at Slim's, uh, which is a, a really cool venue. I mean, I've seen so many shows there, uh, you know, I mean... I, I remember the first time I went there back in like 2002 and uh, so I, yeah I, I know so <laughs> I've been to a lot of good shows at Slim so I think you're going to have a good crowd and uh, uh, you know you don't have anything to worry about <laughs> uh, good to hear <laughs> yeah so tell me what have you done in San Francisco so far uh, did you just get in today uh, we arrived yesterday evening so we we ate out and then uh, uh, we walked around today we, we went to Union Square and just went shopping, bought some new shoes, <laughs> and just enjoyed the vibe, man. It's so sunny, and, and we walked up a hill and just looked at the view. It's, it's beautiful, especially compared to the Netherlands. Uh, t- totally. So uh, so tell me a little bit about, um, you, I mean, I, I want to start back at when you decided to create a YouTube channel and kind of uh, go in this direction, because you've built such an amazing following. Like, where, where did it start? Um, I think it started about six years ago or something. I was watching these vloggers from, from the UK and from America, and I was like, this is fun. I want to do this. And uh, I started doing them in Dutch because I thought, well, my English is probably not good enough, and I don't know if people want to watch it. You know, there's so many people trying this. So I started out in Dutch making these videos from a bedroom, 
just like vlogs. And um, I got like I got to like twenty thousand subscribers, which was which was a, a big thing at the time. And then um, I, I kind of like quit for a year, started studying, and, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But I kind of missed it. And uh, I got into making music, into producing and stuff like that. So I was like, maybe I can combine something here. And I started doing these one-hour song challenges, so recreating these popular songs in an hour. And people just really seemed to like it. And, and the channel started to grow. And then two years ago, I started doing these style swaps. So I made a, uh, an 80s version of a Post Malone song, and that just that just blew up. And that it gave me so much subscribers. So it's kind of like it happened accidentally, I think. It just kind of fell into place, huh? So. Uh, and so the one-hour song challenges that you do, you, uh, you, you're doing them on some of the shows t uh, the, on your tour also, right? So what does that look like when you uh, bring uh, your fans in uh, to, to do it at a live show like this? Uh, well, we have like, uh, we don't play any one-hour song challenge in the set of the, the original show. So for the people who are coming in earlier, we play a few one-hour song challenges, which are not in the set that night later. Um, and we actually try to build one with them. So we have like, two groups and we we give them like uh, a thing to do or, or a, spe a special uh, thing to sing and then we we play over them doing it so that we're basically jamming with them and making uh making the song with them playing the song with them yeah so and tonight's the first time we're trying that <laughs> i hope it goes well yeah yeah uh so you uh you went to university and you graduated with a degree in it uh tell me what what direction do you see yourself kind of uh going in does music play a part in that for you uh yeah i i kind of like finished my degree and then stopped doing anything related to that so i finished and then i could just pursue music full-time so i'm doing that right now it's basically doing shows playing a lot live uh, writing a lot also with and for other artists and then uh, uh we also have the youtube thing so my weeks are, are pr pretty full yeah do you do you try and fo uh, make like an episode a week uh on the on youtube like what a, what is your cadence going and how do you approach making new videos um well i when i was trying to be like a youtuber i was really trying to make a video every every week or every two weeks but Right now, I'm more focusing on becoming the musician, so I feel like my YouTube should be more. Um, I feel like an outlet of an artist, you know. So I'm, I'm uploading every once in uh, every three weeks. I'm uploading, and I'm, I'm doing less covers, more original songs, and uh, it's also very much work outside of YouTube right now. So I decided to do a video every three weeks. So whenever I upload, I can make sure it's like a really good video because otherwise, it's just making content to make content. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I only believe in content, which is really good, which I enjoy making. So that's how I, uh, I look at it, how I approach it now. Absolutely. And, and you kind of can make a song from nothing. So, I mean, uh, what, something, yeah. I, something I saw on your Twitter, which is pretty funny, uh, you, you just get to the United States and you had your first Flaming Hot Cheetos. You think that'll work its way ah. into a song? <laughs> that is, I know there's actually a song about that by Claro. I love that song. So I was like, hey, Flaming Hot Cheetos. I know that. I want to try it. And it was amazing. So, yeah. Everything it lived up to, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you uh, you also recently moved out of your parents' house and uh, and uh, uh -huh. in, into your own place, but you still have your studio in your parents' house. So tell me about kind of finding that balance with, uh, with being able to continue to create uh, music. Uh, works great for me, man. Whenever I'm at home, I feel like I can really relax and unwind because I don't have a studio at my, my own place. And uh, for my parents, it's also great because I work often in the studio, so, so they get, still get to see me on a weekly basis. And I have this deal that I have to 
cook for them once a week so I can use the studio. That's like basically the deal, which is a really great deal. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just great because the, the studio is just outside of the city where I live in. Uh, very inspiring surroundings, but also really calm. And I love that. So it works really great for me to be in the city whenever I'm home and, and just get to visit my friends, uh, which are all very close by and then work just outside of the city. Are you a pretty good cook? Sorry? Are you, you said you have to cook for your parents. Do you, are you a pretty good cook? Yeah. Oh. Um, I would say maybe a little bit above average, but not really good. I'm trying to become really good though. Hey, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, work your way up, right? You rip off that. Yeah, bandit. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and so, um, one thing I know is that you, uh, you want to get into kind of producing albums. Is that something you started venturing into producing for other people and, uh, kind of sharing your, your vision and your creative approach? Um, well, actually I started out making music with that in mind. So I, I learned about songwriters and producers and I was like, Whoa, that sounds amazing. You can just make music all the time for other people and you don't ever have to stop making music. And then I, I made songs for myself and I was like, okay, wait, maybe I should put these out because I love them. And then they started to like uh, blow up online. So I was like, okay, maybe I should give this a shot first, but I'm still doing uh, projects on the side. So I'm working for another band in the Netherlands right now on their uh, releases. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so much fun because you can try something out which is completely different than your own project. And uh, yeah, I, I just love being in the studio and making songs. So any way I can maximize that is great. Yeah, and uh, and something that's also kind of unique about you is uh, your music is uh, is clean, right? Like you make a, uh, an effort to not swear in it. You, you want it to be family friendly, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't like swearing. So yeah, I don't see a point in, in putting that in the songs. I, that makes sense, that makes sense. Um, so um, yeah, I, I saw in one of your videos that you uh, you have your own socks. Uh, tell me a little bit about where that decision came from. <laughs> I just I love socks. I've always wear uh, I've always uh, wear happy socks and stuff like that. And then recently I got these white socks from H and M, and I love them. And then we were like, okay, we should make merch. And I thought, well, I have these great socks. What if we just put blanks on them? And and we made like a thousand socks. And I'm actually wearing them right now. I'm I'm wearing them all the time. They're so comfortable. So. At every show and online, we sell the socks. And yeah, it's, I think it's my favorite thing we've done yet. <laughs> it's pretty creative. I mean, you you don't go to a lot of concerts and uh, and get socks from the artists. I'll tell you. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And so, tell me about. Um, I mean, at this point now with with YouTube, like you've um, amassed over a million subscribers. Like, uh, how. How, you know, how did it get to this point where you know we're built built up to that level, and uh, and also kind of how do you maintain that connection with your your subscribers? Well, that's a really good question, man. I feel like uh, the most important thing is being authentic. I see a lot of people out there who are just being themselves, and that works. You know, people relate to that. Um, so I feel like I just love making music, and and when I whenever I post a video, I I really check. All right, am I being myself, and am I just being enthusiastic about making this song because if that is the case then I've done a good job you know people like to see that and people relate to that uh, feeling of me being excited about the things I make um, and I also think um, uploading consistently that does not mean for example every week but just consistent content or quality uh, is, is a really good thing so so I mentioned it earlier but the song I uploaded two years ago the, uh, the 80s cover of Post Malone's uh, Better Now that just it 
blew up online. So I, I thought, well, let's do another 80s cover. So I did the song of Drake and uh, Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. And it's just, it, people love it. I don't know why, but, but the 80s and mixed with modern songs are just great. So it's kind of like finding a balance between doing just what you want and dipping into what people like to see. And if you find like the perfect mix between that, it, it, I feel like it could propel you to, well, a million subscribers, which, which it did. Yeah, yeah, and and so '80s music as a whole. Like, tell me, um, where do you see that connection for yourself? Like, how did you? Uh, what got you into uh, '80s music? Um, I, I I used to be a cook at a a music camp, and in the during the summer, and in, in the kitchen, we always listened to music. And then one year, we had a new uh, a new chef, and she played an '80s playlist on Spotify for the whole week, and I was like, this sounds like incredible music so i spent like a week listening to 80s and i came home and i was like okay i gotta figure out everything about this this music genre and then i just i, I listened to 80s for for a complete summer and then post malone uh, released his album and i was like hey what if i put an 80s in on, on this song and it just it clicked yeah and and did you teach yourself uh to make music like is that something you're self-taught or did you work with other people to kind of learn these these skills uh, I, I had like guitar lessons and piano lessons when I was a kid, but the the producing part and the songwriting part, I just learned from from doing, I guess, and watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so when you were a kid, like, tell me about the the music that was on in your house, and were were your parents supportive? My parents were super supportive, and they actually encouraged me and my brother to do something with uh, with music. So my brother started out doing piano lessons. I started out doing the guitar, and then I started singing with that, and. It just it just kind of grew from there, and and uh, ever since it started, uh, like becoming how it is right now. My parents are so supportive, so they uh, uh, they they help me get the studio space at home, and uh, they just, just they just yeah they love it, and they give me the freedom to do whatever I want musically, and to organize stuff uh, in in such a way that I'm I'm uh, as comfortable as possible doing it, which is amazing. So, so tell me a little bit about the the music scene in the the Netherlands. Like, are there um, uh, a lot of artists? Did you kind of uh, grow up going to shows uh, in the area? Um, well, actually, I haven't been to that much live shows, and, and now we're starting to play live myself. I'm like, oh, whoa, this is actually really, really new to me because, well, when I was younger, I saw Muse a few times, and I've I saw like a few Dutch bands, which are pretty big, but that's basically it. And, and now I'm like discovering how much fun it is. And I'm also, uh, besides playing myself, going to much more concerts and, and stuff like that. And uh, but when I was growing up, it's actually funny, I used to listen to Dutch hip hop and I, I love that. <laughs> and I started out making happy indie pop myself, so. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome, that's awesome. And, and uh, so one of your new songs uh, is called Sweaters. Um, tell me a little bit about um, how you approached making that song. Uh, and was it any different kind of than you would approach one of your other songs for your videos? Um, sweaters, I, I wrote sweaters after I, uh, I visited LA. I went to this like crazy party, you know, where all like famous people are. And I was back in the Netherlands and I, uh, I kind of experienced being there and, and watching everyone around me and being like, wait, I, I don't know anyone here. What am I basically doing here? I could be at home in my favorite sweater. And I just, I love being at home and, just being able to relax and unwind and, and watch my favorite Netflix show or whatever. So I was like, maybe I can write a song about it. 
And when I released the song, I found out a lot of people actually feel that way. <laughs> I got a great response to that. And yeah, I, I, I wanted to have it. I wanted it to have '80s in, so we put the the pad in there and some uh, some great arpeggios and stuff like that. Yeah. And so as you were uh, growing up and kind of going through through high school, was this musical, uh, I mean, did you stay in touch with, with music? I mean, did you keep up like the piano skills? Is it something you kept doing? Um, I used to play with a few friends in like like a school band, but we, we were far from serious, you know, we would just, we would have like a, a performance at, at school and then we, we'd rehearse like one time in the week before that. And we used to play like old blues rock and stuff like that, you know, and then one of the guys was really good at improvising, so we just looped something we played, and then he'd improvise over it, and then that was like the show, and we played covers and stuff like that. And then I think when we finished high school, I actually got into writing songs myself, and and that was the point. Uh, music started to become a little bit more serious, but during high school, it was just I didn't have any guitar lessons or stuff. I, I did it in uh, in uh, primary school, and then after high school, I was like, wait, maybe I should take some piano lessons to to get my music theory a little bit better and to be able to, to make a little bit me- uh, more musically because, well, when you're songwriting, it's great to have like an extra tool like the piano uh, to, to make songs. Yeah, and and one of the th- biggest challenges that, I mean, you, you hinted on it a little bit er- er- earlier that you had to overcome was um, having English as your second language. So tell me a little mm-hmm. bit, of, tell me, well, let's start with like uh, learning English. When did you learn English and kind of tell me about that process, how you went about that? Um, well, we had, I think, I, I had English in, in high school, so it's like a course, and you learn basic great basic grammar and, and basic words and stuff like that, but as I mentioned earlier, I, I used to watch all these YouTubers for like hours on end, so I think I picked up a lot of English on there, and then just, I started to, to do it during videos, you get better or something? I'm not sure, it kind of... I feel like high school was really the starting point, and then by watching and then reading a lot of English, it, it just I, I became better at it. And I think I'm still not that good. I feel like I'm I'm always messing up grammar stuff and <laughs> things like that. But uh, well, we're visiting uh, the U.S. right now, and I feel like talking English here really helps me get better at it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think yeah, it's pretty amazing for what you do just to be able to. Uh, you know, bust out a song in an hour and have it be as catchy and poppy and uh, and uh, you know and and cool as it uh, as it is, and to be able to do that in a language that isn't your primary language is just really impressive. Thanks, man. Thanks. Man. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and so um, I mean, I imagine uh, you've put you've done some songs with your Instagram followers as well, and have them kind of contribute to um, yeah to the ideas of the song, what instruments you use, what what kind of tempo uh-huh. it's going to be, and that sort of thing. So, so tell me when you're kind of thinking about going out and doing that with an uh, audience like that uh, in that platform. Um, how do you uh, how do you uh, start and kind of take it from the song to okay? I'm going to make a video of this as well. Oh uh, well, um, I, I saw these YouTubers on YouTube doing this thing where their Instagram followers could control their day, uh, and I, I thought it worked really well, you know, because it's it's much uh, engagement. People get to decide how someone's day goes. So if they vote on Instagram on stuff like do I eat healthy or do I go to the barber, and then they can watch a video afterwards. Uh, seeing what the outcome of their decision is, that is like people want to watch that. So I was like, maybe a friend of mine was actually like, maybe you can do that with a song. And at first I was like, no, that is impossible. But 
I started thinking about it, and uh, well, I just tried it, and it worked really well. You know, people feel like they uh, actually are in the studio with you. They can decide how a song should sound. So should I start out with a guitar or uh, happy or sad songs? And people just love to see what I come up with with the input they gave me. And I found out it's actually, uh, it helps your creativity or something. Because when you're in the studio alone, there's like endless possibilities, which could be sometimes like uh, a little bit hard. But whenever you're uh, in the studio and you give like, get like great input, uh, it can help you to, to make a song more faster. Yeah. Well, Simon, I, I want to thank you for taking the time, um, and uh, I really wish you luck at the show at Slim's tonight. I think it's going to be really awesome, and wish I could have been there. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> thanks so much. Yeah, I know you'll do great, and have a have a great tour in the U.S. and then uh, on to Europe ne- ahead, right? Yeah, that's it. Hey, very cool. Well, thanks, Simon. Thanks for taking the time. Okay. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. That was the interview with Blanks here on Concert Pipeline. And Jens, typically this would be the time where I ask you what time it is but uh, in the podcast. But <laughs> And I would say, you know, it's time for some music news. But, but there isn't really anything going on at the moment. I mean, I don't even want to look at the music news because it's just like it's devastation after devastation, right? I mean, yeah, right. I mean, the biggest music news is, 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 is concerts being canceled everywhere. Every thing right it's just depressing any gathering lightest i heard i think is the cdc is saying over 50 people or something or i don't know if it's the cdc or the state at this point now but gatherings over 50 people like feel bad for those who were planning on getting married and having you know people over you know i mean yeah it's tough i mean there's so many people that travel to concerts right they um They've got airline tickets, you know, to go. They've got maybe hotel reservations or something, or maybe they're doing a road trip and they've got everything planned out, you know. So sometimes, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to get the concert ticket refunded or get a credit or something, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the airline ticket, you know, refunded and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of a lot of variables there, um, and yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it's understandable, right? It's like people need to be safe and it you know i understand the need for like wanting it to happen anyway and just you know get it over with get it over with and you know the, the mindset of us and not make a big deal about it it's gonna be a great show let's just go it's gonna be great but yeah. whatever the repercussions can be huge so nobody wants to take any risks or i guess be liable you know for that kind of thing so no and this i mean this is just, I mean, un- un- unheard of. Like, I mean, something that you've never had to deal with. I mean, and did it, uh, I think or midway through the week, maybe it was compared to H1N1. But I feel, uh-huh. I feel like this is so much beyond what that was. From, yeah, from what I it's really crazy uh, how people are responding to this. Yeah. Um, and I'm still not quite sure, you know, if I'm taking it too seriously or if I'm not taking it seriously it, enough. It's hard it's to tell. It's still really kind of too early. It's hard to tell. I mean, have you been one of these that's like, you know, hoarding food and that sort of thing? Have you started doing Costco visits? Not in the beginning. No, not in the beginning at all. But now, I mean, the last time I did a, a run uh, hmm. to Costco, um, I didn't go there to hoard anything. I just wanted to get some basic stuff that I would normally get, you know, like water and toilet paper (laughs) yeah 
Costco didn't have any of this stuff. It was crazy, and um, it was nuts to see uh, how there were these major sections at Costco that were just almost empty, either empty or just almost, you know, almost completely empty, and you don't normally see that kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, I took a walk today. Um, my wife and I took a walk today in the community, and there were so many people outside walking around, and we'd never seen that before. It's like, I think people are isolating themselves so much, they're getting cabin fever, and the only thing they can really do is, like, go out and take a walk someplace. So we're seeing lots of people walking around, but there's not much traffic. Uh, there are not too many people at the stores. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, it's not. I mean, it's it's a good thing for them to be walking because I, I feel like, in a sense, it's almost it, it could flip the other way and be pandemonium, right? Like uh-huh. everybody can be losing their their shit, and I think uh-huh. in a way there's a degree of that, but it's you know it's being taken out in like stores in terms of toilet paper and uh, and cleaning cleaning supplies and that sort of thing that you can't find right now, right? So um, right, I mean. It's so weird. I still don't understand why people need water and toilet paper. Why was why were those the first things to that people started hoarding? I mean, why not just go for the food, canned food, or yeah, you would think, right? Last, so, yeah. But I mean, I guess I'm I'm glad I got toilet paper because who knows mm-hmm. when it'll be back in stock. Like you, it's yeah. some, something you want to have uh, if exactly. if you need it. But I, I think the thought is, you know, because you don't know how far this is going to go, if power is uh-huh. going to be shut off, if water is going to be shut, shut off and you're going to have to uh-huh. quarant- fully quarantine yourself in your, your living space. Right. So uh-huh. um, that's, I think part of the fear is like, this is something we've never experienced and how far is it going to go? We still don't know because I mean, they're continue to tighten the reins and, uh, and now bars and, uh, and, cl- uh, clubs and everything are, are shut and they're asking restaurants to cut their, um, you know, their attendance in half, you know, their seating availability in half. And yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, they're, they're major things that we would normally expect to always be open that, might not necessarily be open anymore. Like now when you go to your mall, uh, it's quite possible that, you know, not all the stores are going to be open there. Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, like the other day, it just really sank in for me. I mean, when my kid's school was canceled for the next four weeks, um, uh-huh. and, um, and it, I, you know, I flashed back to a couple of years ago when we had the fires and, uh, the schools are closed for a week and a half and it was that was a big deal like they, they were like the kids need to make this time up sort of thing and uh-huh. so for it to be exponentially more than that and uh-huh. at the snap of fingers is pretty concerning you know I mean yeah so I mean I'm in a situation where I'm lucky where my kids mom is also out of work I mean because she works for the the district and uh, and she's able to gonna be able to homeschool them so and I can continue uh-huh. to work because I work from home uh, which you uh-huh. know so I mean the level of inconvenience is small for me but I think about every, you know a lot of other people who don't have those situations who are in poverty and like living paycheck to paycheck and fear yeah. of losing their jobs or losing their jobs due to this sort of stuff that's happening and need to be there to watch their kids but can't afford to miss work and Right. I know. It's such a clusterfuck. It is such a clusterfuck. Like, there, there, that's true. There are a lot of people out there who would really benefit from some sort of, you know, government um, program uh, that could pay them uh, for their missed time. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know what I don't know the details of what the government's doing, and I think a lot of people probably don't, right? But um, uh-huh. um, yeah, dude, it is it is absolutely nuts. But um, okay, I just had a brain fart. What was I talking about? Kids? <laughs> We're I mean, talking about kids the- homeschooling. Yes. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. I mean, you guys are kind of in a unique situation where you can, you know, kind of make this work. But. I mean, I've been hearing different areas of the country um, are experiencing similar things, you know, where I think it kind of started off with, well, everybody needs to quarantine themselves, uh, you know, and isolate for two weeks or whatever. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, school isn't just out for two weeks. It's going to be out for the next four weeks or something. And now I'm hearing, you know, in certain states that they're considering um, uh, just canceling school for the rest of the year. It could be the rest uh, of the school year. year. Yeah. What is that? You know, like what is this? Because that, that is nuts, right? Like, I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, the only thing I can think of um, is that it, it appears that kids are so resilient. I don't quote me on this, but um, from just what I've uh, listened to and read, it seems like uh, kids are just so resilient that they may be infected, they may be carriers, have zero symptoms at all, mm-hmm. but they're giving, they're carrying it, yep. uh, they're giving it to other kids, they're giving it to teachers, they're giving it to the, grandparents you know, the whole community and, yeah. that they're around, and, and um, you know, the adults have no idea that this is being transmitted because and they don't have any symptoms. It's the, yeah, and it's the boomers that are kind of, I mean, getting sick and some are d- dying because of this, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I think those are probably the people that are most at risk. You know, the uh, the people that already have um, kind of conditions that um, this virus worsens, right? So anything that has to do with breathing, <laughs> yeah, or um, uh, obesity too. Anyone who is um, you know grossly overweight uh, has diabetes or has um, hypertension or asthma. You know, they're are at risk. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, along these lines, right, like my, my daughter is actually on a plane now to come back to California from uh, uh, Pennsylvania uh, uh-huh. to where she was visiting family with her mom and uncle, and, and yeah. some of the family is, you know, is also from England uh, coming uh-huh. in and stuff, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know all the situations, but I know it's not a good idea to travel right now, and uh-huh. uh, and so I'm hoping she's going to be okay coming back, and uh, you know, right. and I want to limit her time around my mom because that could be a, a problem, you know, uh-huh. and and you know, honestly, I tried to take this time to uh, have a serious conversation with my mom about her, you know, her will. I don't need to know what's in it, but I need to know who her attorney is, who the executor of the will is. And she shut down. Like, I mean, I mean, she did the same thing when my kid's grandmother died because, you know, I just, Uh I see these instances where it's like, it's reality is coming in. And it's like, you know, I just, I know this is going to have to be something I'm going to handle at some point. And and she's not immortal. And uh, I try to approach it delicately because she is very sensitive and, uh-huh. uh, and, and, and emotional and, uh, and everything. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, she told, you know, each time she's like, now is not the time. And I told her this time, I was like, actually, yes, it is the time actually. Yeah. There's no good time. It's like, you have to have that yeah. conversation no matter how uncomfortable it is. Yeah. And so she got angry at me in text and, you know, it did not work out well, but, uh-huh. um, you know, I got the name of her attorney, so at least I got that. But, um, uh-huh. but really, I just need to, you know, try and make sure my daughter, you know, isn't 
contagious in any way and and would be handing it off to her you know so i don't know how to if there's no symptoms you know that the kids are having then i, I don't know how to tell right right so. yeah, yeah yeah oh dude that's tough dude that's really really tough yeah my dad's a little bit the opposite he um he just out of the blue goes out and you know talks to me about you know this trip they're gonna take hey you know we're gonna take another little trip we're gonna be on the boat or we're gonna be on the plane in case it crashes we made a little update so you know our attorney is and this is where our the new location of our uh you know uh uh trust is and it's wait, the bank wait and your dad and i'm like i don't want to hear this shit blah, 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 blah. <laughs> your dad treats you like an adult that's weird because yeah my, my mom <laughs> right. doesn't and i'm like and I, that was one of the things i texted her i was like time to treat me like an adult it's like uh mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I I talked to my you know friend Joe about this right a lot because our, we have similar situations with our parents. But you know, we feel like we even though we've done so well in our jobs and have you know and have proven ourselves within with having great kids and being able to provide for our families, like our parents still treat us as kids, and mm-hmm. you know and don't give us that respect to be able to have an adult conversation. Yeah, right. And, and that's. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'll never be able to have an adult conversation with my mom. And it's just when I try, this is what happens. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's really hard. Yeah. And there's only so much you can do. Uh, you know, you put yourself out there, you're trying to do your part of the conversation, but uh, yeah. it's like, you got to catch her on a good day or something. I don't know. I mean, there are no good days with <laughs> there are no good days with <laughs> these kind of conversations. Yeah. I can't, I, the, a conversation it can't happen, like a real conversation. I've, I've yeah. come to terms that it can't happen, but this is one where I had to push to just mm-hmm. get information that I need, you know? So Yeah, well, good for you, dude. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you. So Yeah, I, yeah. I'm assuming your sister hasn't tried these. Um... No, and, and, I, and she's with my mom, you know, I mean, she's my mom's baby or whatever right like i mean she uh-huh. she like because i i texted her also that hey this is important and this is something we, uh-huh. need, to, we need to do together because i was like i'm gonna come over and we're gonna talk about it and my mom's like no you're not you know we are not uh-huh. gonna talk about it and you know and it's and so i texted kara and she's like yeah and kara didn't even reply and i knew she wouldn't uh-huh. because she yeah. probably showed the text to my mom and then that's what got my uh-huh. mom all up in arms texting me and whatever yeah, well drama you know mm-hmm. but it's just like my my sister's gonna be a little kid, and you know my mm-hmm. mom's gonna act like one too. So well, there's nothing I can do, you know. Well, you're a godsend, Steve. At least there's one adult in this family. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so how is it affecting you? I mean, are you seeing any changes? Are you? Um, it's not really affecting me. I mean, you know, like you, I work from home. Um. I really don't, I don't have, you know, I don't have kids, so I don't have to go out and, you know, do a bunch of kid stuff. Um, I'm just, um, you know, I'm just worried for, for other people, basically, yeah. you know, I'm worried for my parents, they're in their 80s, um, worried for the, you know, in-laws, uh, you know, that kind of thing, but I don't know. I think just you know being being as uh, as informed as you can is really the way to go, and and you know uh, knowing what is good information and knowing what is misinformation is really critical. Yeah, yeah, it's important to stay informed because I mean, there's a lot of this that we don't know, and I think it's going to be a long time until we have you know a, a cure for it. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, um, so we yeah, got, yeah. 
This is new I, uh, way of life. We don't shake I hands. I saw an interview with uh, the CEO of a drug company who was really excited about the possibility of doing, you know, clinical trials this summer, mm-hmm. which is really soon. But, um, you know, I think most people uh, aren't going to think that that's soon <laughs> because <laughs> the numbers are going to be much, much worse this summer. Yeah. Um, and those are just clinical trials. Those aren't, you know, that's, that doesn't mean there's going to be necessarily... Uh, you know, success um, with a drug that can be then marketed and sold and then who's going to be able to afford it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, buying a Tesla or something at the, the heat of it, right? Like, I mean, yeah. the, the demand is so high uh, and and it's, thing, it's so expensive to make that only the top tier can, can afford it, right? Mm. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, I mean, different. And we're just talking about kind of in the U.S. But obviously, you know, uh, last I looked, I think we had about just over three thousand cases or so. Um, but we've got countries like uh, Italy, which have an insane amount of, of cases, and they're like their countries on lockdown. And have you seen these like these videos of the people in Italy, like? They've quarantined themselves in their homes, but their windows are open, and they're like singing and they're playing music. And oh, I love the they're all Italians. collaborating. They're like they're all playing the same song. They get whatever in- instruments they have mm-hmm. out, and they just you know whether it's a drum or like the ching 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 tambourine oh, things, my gosh. and they're just like they're they're singing the same songs and stuff with their instruments, and you can hear them from buildings to buildings to buildings. It's really cool. Oh, that's, I mean, I can't imagine something like that ever happening in this country, but uh, that's awesome. Way to go, Italy. Yeah, uh, that that is really cool. That reminds me of, I think it was Italy that it happened to where, uh, like, they had a field with thousands of musicians, and they were all played a Foo Fighters song uh, at the same time. Do you remember that? Uh-huh, yeah, totally. Uh, Way to go, Italy. It, it, yeah, that is the country of that, that's, music that's and what it love was. and food. Rockin' uh, Rockin' One Thousand. So there was a thousand people that uh, that played "Learn to Fly" uh, all at once. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This was four years ago, I guess. But oh it's so cool, so cool to get to try and get uh, the Foo Fighters to come to Italy, and uh-huh. and they did because of that, Dave. Because Dave Grohl, Grohl is a badass, right? So, That's um, cool, dude. If, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think a lot can be learned, you know, about that. If you want your favorite band to come visit you. Hey, follow Italy's lead. Right, get a thousand friends to all play their song in the field. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I don't think you. I don't think now's the time to actually to be shedding that advice. Just, uh, just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not exactly six, now. Everybody six feet apart. You're contained. good, right? So, spread. Yeah, six feet apart. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. So we don't know what uh, the podcast is going to look like for a little while. <laughs> I mean, we, this is a concert podcast, and concerts are currently a thing of the past. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're going to change the format somehow. Uh, they're going to be like online shows. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, th- I think a lot of artists are kind of going to that way because they're going to try and find ways to connect to their audience and um, mm-hmm. and. Um, and have that impact. There are vent, you know, resources. There are applications where you can, uh, bands can like play a show, and then fans can sign in and donate money during the show uh-huh. and, and that sort of thing, yeah. uh, and communicate with them. So, 
That would be cool. Like, I remember uh, way back when, when the Beatles uh, all got together on some rooftop somewhere and just started playing, mm -hmm. and it was completely unannounced, but the people down below could hear, you know, the music. They couldn't see the Beatles playing on top of the, uh, on the roof, but they knew that there was something going on up there. I mean, how cool would it be, uh, you know, to have a, a show like the Foo Fighters all of a sudden do the same thing, except they announce it. And they've got video cameras, and hey, you can just tune in, and you can be, you know, part of the party, and you can, you know, donate or whatever. Yeah, hey, that would that would be really awesome. So, um, yeah, so we'll see what we have in the coming weeks. We'll, you know, we'll try and have a presence, you know, and if and maybe even just do pods to to pod, um, in in some capacity, which is something we haven't really done because I. Am, pretty hardcore about having a band on every episode at least one right yeah yeah we might have to get it uh, get a bit creative yeah and i'll tell you i was looking forward to taste of yonville because i researched like a t you know all the bands that were playing and everything and then that got canceled and i was like man that, that yeah really and we were just talking about that on the last pod and yeah. i think um shortly after yep we were done with the pod the it was right after came out and yeah. they canceled it yeah, um, yeah like, well, that sucks, man. Well, damn. Um, so I might get uh, a friend's band to come play on my porch or something, and uh, and you know bring that as a pod. You know, we'll we'll try and get creative. Um, yeah. Maybe reaching out to some bands who uh, uh, and doing some phone interviews or something like that to, to talk through. Well, some of this we'll stuff. have to make sure that they feel safe and coming over by offering them complimentary hand sanitizer. Good call. Good call. Uh, you you, ha you have individual packs of hand sanitizer hoarded, do you? <laughs> I do have hand sanitizer uh, that was uh, purchased by my um, my brother-in-law, mm -hmm. who uh, is a nurse and is also phobic, a germ phobic. Um, so, so he came over and noticed we didn't have any hand sanitizer and bought these huge fucking bottles of hand sanitizer. And we hardly ever use this stuff. Yeah. And it's been sitting it's... around for years and we just started now using it. Now it's gold. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. But it's like way expired. I don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's an active ingredient. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It, it would still go for a lot of money on the black market. You kidding? You can't. Uh, right. You can't find it at all. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, Crazy. Yeah. So, um, so that's our pod for today. Um, so thank you to Blanks for being uh, the last artist on the podcast for now, and uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how we look in a couple of weeks. Uh, stay tuned to you know look at the socials. Stay tuned. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, of course, and you'll get the new ones when they come out. Uh, and yeah, and there's only one way that I can think of to uh, end the podcast. Uh, and this is something I heard the other day. Actually, it's a resurgence of a song that uh, has uh, has come been very valuable in different ways. This is one, and it's uh, um, REM's "It's the End of the World as We Know It." Um, nice. Uh, Andrew McMahon posted uh, on his uh, Instagram story the opening to the song, so uh, that he, re it. he recorded, he, he covered it, and he didn't get to the chorus, uh, but uh, in in the the story anyway but uh i thought this was great so we're gonna end on it um let's hear it and uh so for all of us here at concert pipeline or should i let you because last week you last you time to i take fucked up let's see if i can do it this time okay i did not rehearse i did not practice we did not but let me see if i can figure it out okay, okay. so for all of us here at concert pipeline that is steve jones and that is jen shippel over and out okay <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's create stunts for the earthquake, birds and snakes and airplanes. Lenny Bruce is not.
Slam 